First through the Choice Act and then the Mission Act, Congress and the VA have been trying to expand veterans' access to private sector medical providers since 2014. As of June, those choices now extend to urgent care clinics. The Veterans Affairs Department now has 5,000 of those walk-in clinics under contract to treat veterans with relatively minor illnesses and injuries and says it's adding more every day. Dr. Cameron Matthews is the Deputy Undersecretary for Health for Community Care. She talked with me about how the program works and what types of care VA is hoping to provide through those clinics. In our case, we define it at least to give a little bit of uh, structure to it as a minor injury or illness, one that does not need an emergency room setting. Uh, uh, from a clinical standpoint, I'm a family physician. There's a, a lot more involved in it and the type of provider that's involved, the type of monitoring that's necessary. But of course, we wouldn't expect uh, a, a veteran to understand a lot of those details. So for us, it's really more so, um, is it a issue uh, that is um, really minor enough that an urgent care facility, either a CVS clinic or another one of our retail partners or a freestanding urgent care center could take care of. Now, the other piece of that is that these type of clinics are very comfortable in making the clinical decision about whether or not a higher level of acuity is needed. Mm -hmm. So if an emergency room is needed, they will refer the veteran out. So you don't have to be concerned. They don't have to be concerned about whether or not this is appropriate, whether or not they're going to be able to take care of you, because if indeed it is more severe than that, they will refer you immediately. And, and I guess probably same answer as far as whether or not that particular clinic is covered under the VA benefit. They'll let you know if, they, if they'll cover it or VA, VA will cover their services or not. Exactly. The requirement is that the urgent care benefit be received through one of our contracted providers. So through our actual network that our partner TriWest has built for us. So uh, unfortunately, a veteran cannot just walk into any urgent care clinic uh, that is in their community. They do have to be enrolled in our network. And yes, that is information that the clinic has. There's also a phone number that the veteran can contact to assure uh, that the provider is enrolled. Your beneficiary population obviously is very familiar with community-based outpatient clinics. I think you've got something like 800 of them around the country. Contrast the the types of services offered by CBOX with with what you're offering through the urgent care setting. Is it is it a a different type and different level of care or are you trying to fill more geographic niches with this program? That's a great question. And you know, I, I think both a little bit. Um, so yes, there may be areas uh, where a veteran may be where they don't have access to one of the CBOX. So yes, for geographic coverage, um, our CBOX, of course, are more primary care. And again, I'm a primary care doc and, and VA, as well as myself individually, we value the primary care relationship, longitudinal um, relationship where the veteran and the provider do know each other, where there's continuity of care, where the medical records can be shared. And a lot of the issues that can be taken care of in an urgent care setting are, of course, appropriate in a primary care clinic with your own doctor, with your own nurse practitioner. Um, but yes, uh, some urgent care centers are able to do radiology. So if perhaps something may be broken, uh, they could uh, provide that uh, sort of diagnostic treatment. Some urgent care centers can, can apply casts. 
uh, that a primary care doc office may not be able to do. So there is some range of, of difference, but at this point, uh, it's not only about geographic coverage, but also uh, kind of the timeliness of access. A lot of times primary care clinics don't have evening hours, don't necessarily have the wide range of weekend hours that a veteran uh, may need to have even an injury that could have been addressed there um, treated. So uh, these urgent care centers are really supplemental to a lot of the services that we do provide in VA. As far as integrating this new service offering into VA's broader, I guess, continuum of care, you know, it's one thing if you go in for a sprained ankle that's not really related to anything, but, but if you're there for an acute condition that has something to do with with an ongoing chronic problem that your PCM is is treating you for. Your PCM probably wants to know about that, right? So is that on the veteran to communicate that back to their primary care provider, or are, are you doing some work to electronically integrate those those urgent care interactions into Vista and eventually the new EHR? We definitely promote both, to be honest. Uh, the healthcare industry as a whole doesn't have uh, the term is interoperability. We don't have that full breadth of interoperability between medical records yet. So there are some of our urgent care providers that do are able to send their medical records electronically. Um, the expectation is that they do send all of their records, period, but sometimes it may be by paper, by fax, you know, depending again on whether or not we have an interoperable um, medical record relationship with that provider. But I also strongly recommend to my own patients that they come back and tell their primary care doc, tell me if they've been seen, because I may be able to address something more quickly. We may not have been able uh, to receive that medical record as of yet. So I actually uh, would ask that veterans um, uh, share that information with their PAC team, with their primary care provider, so that we can make sure that any necessary follow-up occurs. Uh, You know, the relationship between the veteran and their primary care provider is so critical, again, for the continuity of care. Um, And so sharing that information and not just relying on that medical record coming back from the the community provider is, is pretty critical, I would say, for continuity. How many clinics in the system as of now, and, and how quickly are you adding more? So just as of two days ago, we had more than 5,000 urgent care providers nationwide. I think the exact number is 5,016. Uh, we're on our path and steadily increasing those numbers up to 7,000. Our partner, TriWest, has been doing an unbelievable job as they started developing these networks some months ago. Uh, we had, uh, we've seen an increase uh, even since June 6th uh, in great geographic ranges. Um, it's also worth noting that we're expanding the the benefit, the opportunity in those areas where there isn't an urgent care clinic or even a, a retail clinic like a Walgreens or a Rite Aid. Again, we have many of these national partners working with us. Um, but in those areas, we're working with primary care clinics or even other types of clinics that perhaps have some evening and weekend hours uh, that can help and provide urgent care services. So we're trying to be as resourceful as possible. We're partnering with federally qualified health centers as well um, around the country so that we do have access to this benefit for the overwhelming majority of veterans. Has there been anything in particular you've had to do to to get, and and this would fall mostly on TriWest, I imagine, but to get individual clinics ready to accept this veteran population? I mean, is there anything particularly exotic about either treating this population or billing VA for those services? 
there's definitely something exotic, of course, about about the veteran population. We expect providers, as is stipulated under under mission and even our contracts, to have a sense of military competence so that they understand the needs of, of veterans. We'll be rolling out more of those expectations for the entire network, not just urgent care, um, over time, because, uh, of course, that level of training does uh, take some time. Um, but at this point, because it is, again, just urgent or even emergent services, as in the case of an emergency room, a lot of times it may not be as particular to military service, but just, a, again, a quick injury, a sore throat, a rash that just needs to be addressed. Um, we still expect the military competence training, however, because, of course, it could be an injury that relates to, to a service-connected condition. Um, so uh, we appreciate the partnership of our urgent care providers around the country as, as we share uh, this training, this education, uh, and we treat as many veterans as possible. All right. And do you have any going-in expectations about, I don't know exactly how to phrase this, but but how many existing patients who are being seen in VA facilities would be diverted to urgent care settings? And are you going to watch that over time and, and use it to kind of reallocate resources as needed? That's a great question. And actually, we are looking at that. We're looking at our same-day access appointments. We're looking at our own urgent care centers. We do have a handful around the country, as well as emergency room usage, because prior to this benefit and even throughout the healthcare industry, a lot of urgent care level, meaning minor injuries, are deflected to emergency rooms because certain markets don't have an urgent care. And a lot of emergency rooms call these fast tracks. So it's it's kind of a step down level of acuity. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll definitely be looking at utilization across the board. We fully expect that our emergency department utilization will go down because of this. Because again, it, it did not, that sore throat did not require an emergency room visit sure. and it can be appropriately taken care of in an urgent care. And in fact, a lot of the medical literature shows sometimes up to 30% of visits can be uh, diverted. Now, you know, that's literature, it, you know, is a particular study, you know, I think it'd be great if we could uh, make sure that 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 large of a number uh, is accessing, you know, a more appropriate form of care. I, I, I sincerely actually can't uh, predict at all what number of, of visits will be diverted, but the whole goal is to make sure that veterans receive the appropriate level of care in you know, when they need it and and where it's most convenient. Um, At this point, when we're looking at the data compared to last year at this time, there has been minimal to no change in utilization of our VA emergency departments and urgent care. And in fact, across the board, all clinics, VA care clinics utilization has been going up and continuing to increase. Um, And in fact, significant utilization of telehealth as well. So really, this is about veterans choosing VA across the board and the urgent care benefit, again, just being supplemental so that we can make sure we address their needs when they have them. That's Dr. Cameron Matthews, the Deputy Undersecretary of Health for Community Care at the Department of Veterans Affairs. You can find this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Everything's getting more expensive these days. Gas, rent, and even your music. While other music services keep jacking up their prices, Live One is letting you lock in the best music membership at the best price. Live One Plus is just $3.99 per month. Get all your favorite music ad-free, along with unlimited skips and maximum audio quality. Beat inflation with the best deal in music at just $3.99 per month. Visit liveone.com slash best music to get Live One Plus now.